This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN to claim a deposit match up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. There we go. Wow. After a few tries, we are live. Ooh, it's Thursday after well, it's Thursday after the secondary show, according to James. So we are talking UFC on the main show today. What's going on, James? Damn straight. That's the best introduction I've heard during my time on this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that gratefully, but I'm doing well. Thank you. Watch how about yourself, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Mason, what's going on, brother? I'm doing all good, man. How are you? Not too bad. So we were just a few minutes late getting started. Sorry about that, everybody. It was Mason's fault. <laughs> I was played better than usual. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Face full of food, huh? Oh, man, I haven't eaten anything all day. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so, so hungry. I've had lectures all morning. I deserve a little snack. It's Mi- rude of me. So yeah. once I get this down me, I'll put the plate to one side. It's all good. So it it's, all, tell me. it's all good. Boy, howdy. See, British people are not as polite as we Americans think, huh, Mason? Indeed. Well, shit. No, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I, I don't like that little comment there. What's that? We maintain our politeness status. I just uh, don't represent the country of England well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> You're an outlier. <laughs> So we ran a poll last week. Just real quick. We'll touch on that. Uh, apparently, the majority of listeners love you both equally. That's the follow-up from last week's podcast. They couldn't I, pick a side. I, I can't believe that for a second. I'm sure James made um, a few accounts just to put that. But, but what? Um, vote vote for the lovers both equally, but I'm sure. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I've got to give myself some love. You try, try, try to be a bit humble, but it didn't work. We all know I'm the best. <laughs> Man, we are going to find out today who the best really is, though, man. This is a hell of a card we've got looking at. This Is this the best card we've seen all year? It's Pretty close. close. It's standing up there. Yeah. I think for, uh, for sort of casuals who tend to tune in now again for the pay-per-view cards, they'll probably look at this and go, you know, it's not the best cards of paper. But for those who obviously stay out week in, week out, and just enjoy the sheer great fights on offer, this, this is certainly up there. And, you know, what a cracking main event we've got in store for this weekend. Yeah. Should we get to it? Are you Shall ready? We? All right. We've got <laughs> Justin Gaithy versus Khabib. Last name. <laughs> the Magomedov. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Khabib <laughs> opened up minus 274. Buckle up. He's minus 345 now. Gaithy opened up plus 225. He's plus 274 now. James, disrespect on Justin? Um, it's, it's certainly a bit disrespectful on their part. I mean... I know you look at Khabib Magomedov on paper. He's twenty-eight to know. He's you know he wants to ride off into that sunset with an undefeated record and and still maintain that position of being the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. And he seems to have focused more since his, the, the passing of his father. He wants to continue that legacy. But in MMA, a man, you know anyone has a puncher's chance. Anyone. And I mean, just I know we say this all the time. This is the old adage and the old cliche, but. 
this will be Khabib's hardest test yet, certainly for my opinion anyway, because you know what to expect from Khabib. You know, the, 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 um, there's nothing that can't be said about Khabib that hasn't already been said. Um, you know, he's just relentless with his takedown attempts. And he'll almost always get the fight wherever he wants it and certainly make it very difficult for his opponent to get comfortable and develop some sort of rhythm throughout the rounds. No, he's an absolute unit when he gets his hands on you uh, and then he'll control the, the rest of the round and he'll eventually wear you down. And He's not the best in his feet. However, we have seen some improvement in the standing department recently, but he does close the distance well and has, had, and has decent enough head movement to allow him to survive that onslaught early on. And with Justin Gaethje, again, you know what to expect from him. He's very relentless in his attacking going forward. He's a hard hitter and a stat that sort of blew my mind uh, with Justin Gaethje is he spent 17 seconds on the ground in his whole entire career. Hmm. And that does, you know, that bodes well if you're a Gaethje going into this one. I mean, I was literally outstanding when I saw that stat. However, this is Khabib Magomedov. He's obviously eventually going to take you down. And I think with Gaethje, obviously, in the octagon, you have two octagons. You obviously have that little pattern in the middle and then you've got the main octagon surrounding it. With Justin Gaethje, the scrap's got to take place in the centre of the octagon where he can trade those early shots and he can land his great counters and his great striking ability. And eventually, if he does keep the fight standing, then he will catch Khabib at some point. But then once the fight's taken place outside of that octagon and he's backed up against the fence, then we may have to see Gaethje use his defensive wrestling to sort of come up clutch for him because he does have that wrestling experience, believe it or not. He's, he's, fought, he's wrestled so many times at college amateur level and... He's going to have to put that on display on Saturday night because the Russian wrestling, the Dagestani wrestling, I mean, it's uncomparable right now. It's on the league of its own. Uh, with that being said, I think, like I said, anyone's got a punch his chance in MMA. And it's a bit unfair with the betting line. I, I love Gaethje to do it, but for Gaethje, he's got to get it done early because once Khabib wears you down and gets you down on the map, that's when he's going to start to tie his opponent out because Gaethje's going to use all of his energy defending and in, and in the grappling exchanges and not have enough energy to swing those hard, tough shots. So I think uh, this will last, this will go into the championship rounds and I think Gaethje's tiredness is going to show and I think Khabib will get it done via fourth round submission. Fourth round submission. Mason, do you concur? <laughs> Um, I agree with the Khabib, but I, I see it going the distance, and I agree with a lot of what James is saying. If Gage is going to have a chance of stopping this fight, I think it's got to be round one or two, and may, maybe early three max. But the main thing with me is if Gage is throwing these punches, like we've seen in the fight with Ferguson or any of his other fights, will Khabib be able to take the damage again like Ferguson did? And I don't think he will, but the question is, is he going to be able to land? And I think he'll land a couple, but, and when Khabib's going for the takedowns, I think he'll be able to stop the first one or two. And then when, when the onslaught comes with Khabib's takedowns, I don't think he's going to have the strength. I think he's going to prob probably tire out just because of the sheer strength of Khabib. And I'm going to go for a Khabib via decision. Decision. All right. It's tough catching a plus line on this when you're on Khabib. Uh, the decision line does play pay plus 275. Khabib by the submission is going to play minus 125. So not bad. Not bad, James. You're catching. You're going to put up a little bit of money, but it's not bad. Mason, yeah, plus 275 is not, not, not a bad play I mean, at all. Yeah, I mean, no matter how the fight goes, if you're backing Khabib, I don't think you're going to get that much because it's no. just the inevitable that's going to happen, isn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, Khabib is excellent, but this is, his, you said it's his greatest test. He's not fighting some Irish has-been now. He's really having to fight a real person. You think he's up for the challenge, though? No worries. Oh, 100%. I mean, since, like, a, I'm referring back to it, since the passing of his father, obviously, he wants to continue that legacy and build what his father's worked so hard to do. And he's going to want to ride off into Sunset 30, you know, and I genuinely believe that he can do it because it's just his mindset and his determination to get through every uh, fight and to put in that effort to get the job done. I mean, there's no one that comes close to Khabib right now, and I'm a huge fan of him. I mean, in the McGregor fight, I think I was a bit of a passionate fan then, and I certainly learned since the fight in 2018 to respect him a bit more. I've got nothing but respect. He deserves all the plaudits Khabib, and I genuinely see him getting the job done. Yeah. Unfortunately, I ran the numbers too as best I could, and I gotta agree with you guys. It just looks like Khabib's gonna win. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely gonna follow your play, Mason, and and mm-hmm. you know, maybe throw a few bucks on James too, just in case. Maybe kind of you know, <laughs> see mm-hmm. see what we can do. Yeah. All right. So that's it for the main fight. Moving on. What do you got next, James? I have got Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. Yes. I'm very much looking forward to this one because there's. The permutations of this fight are massive. It's determined two fights. Israel Adesanya next, unless he wants to move up to one uh, two o five. With Robert Whitaker, he's going to want to avenge that defeat to Israel Adesanya. Um, we saw a different Whitaker in the last fight with Darren Till, and you know what to expect from the Reaper. He's a high volume, powerful striker who does have that knockout power, and he is willing to trade blows and take shots. And he has been knocked out a few times, but he's happy to stand and fight. And going into this fight with Jared Cannonier, I think he needs to mix it up because you see with Whitaker, he also has a good wrestling background. He's a brown belt and, uh, brown belt and BJJ. He's more than comfortable on the canvas. And his conditioning is honestly one of the best in the middleweight division. So it, it, for a guy like Jared Cannonier, who just throws absolute bombs, he's an athletic pressure fighter with good work rate and a great cardio. And with Robert Whitaker, I mean, I think this is his first three-round fight since 2016. So it's going to be a lot to adjust to, and especially in Abu Dhabi, but he's already fought there. So that may play a factor in Robert Whitaker's camp. Hasn't had that far to travel, whereas you've got Joe Cannonier traveling all the way from America. So the experience of fighting in Abu Dhabi certainly does play into Robert Whitaker's favor. And he needs to mix it up. There needs to be a plan A, plan B, plan C, all the way to plan Z against Joe Cannonier. Because if you only have that plan A and you're sticking to those guns, Cannonier will catch it at some point because he has that clear power in his hands and his legs because the man fought a heavyweight at the start of his career, which is crazy to drop all, all those um, pounds all the way down to middleweight. It's crazy. He throws some absolute bombs going forward. And he's also, what I've noticed, especially with Cannonier, he's very effective in the clinch. And he himself is more than capable of holding his own on the cam- canvas should the fight take place there with a couple of nice submission wins under his belt. So Cannonier is a very balanced fighter who's 3-0 middleweight, been very impressed with him. But is those is that sort of Otskin Rust, that injury, going to sort of pay dividends for him in that sort of uh, department and benefit Robert Whitaker? You never know. I think for a guy like Jared, Jared Cannonier, I, I'm not sure. I think if, if there's a finish in this fight, I think it's on Jared's part. However, if Robert Whitaker mixes in the takedowns and the striking well, and I think he'll be able to hold his own wherever the fight goes. So I'm going to go for a Whitaker by decision. Mason, I, I I agree with James. Um, if if there's going to be a finish, I do agree it's going to be Jared Cannonier because he's he's just got the power. And again, he's he used to fight. He, well, he fought a heavyweight, so he's go, he's going to have more. Well, he's going to have the strength coming downwards as well. 
if Whitt- well, the chance Whitaker's got, it's a three-round fight, which will go to his benefit because he's had so much experience in five-round fights. And I, fi- I, I agree with James. I'm going to go for a Robert Whitaker via decision. Oh, both of you locking in. Mm-hmm. I like it. No, this, for once. yeah, this isn't. This isn't. Doesn't look to be a bad play. Like uh, the Whitaker line, he opened up as a pretty, a pretty, pretty slight underdog at plus mm. one hundred five, and now he's you know just a tiny bit you know catching a negative line minus one hundred four. Uh, so th- the payout's getting a little bit worse for him. The payout's getting a little bit better for Jared here. He opened up minus one twenty. He's minus one ten now. So it looks like people are probably hitting Whitaker right there. So I like. I think you're trending in the right direction. Ever so slightly. I've got Whitaker winning probably like 52% of the time. So, yeah, if you guys think decision, let's do it. Let's lock in that decision. And the Whitaker decision would pay plus 210. That's good. That's good. I like that. Going from minus 104 to plus 210. Hard to argue. Indeed. It's but man, what a fight though! This looks to be like the closest fight on one of the closest fights on the card, if not the. And, and there's a lot online, and I mean, both fighters are going to be up for it. I mean, you've you've seen Jagkin and Ear take a leaf out of Diego Sanchez's book with that sort of spirituality bollocks, and um, it's a weird because he seems so focused based around that spiritual aspect side. You know, I don't know if you've seen the embedded, but like he likes to take these rocks. And he like puts him on the octagon and says, I'm going to be that rock today. And I'm just there like, Matt, what the hell are you on about? What have you been smoking? But <laughs> it clearly works because he's 3 at middleweight. And fair play, uh, this is going to be a very tough test for Robert Woodskin. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this co-main event. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, next up, we got Walt Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is going to be fun. Um, two heavyweight monsters, I mean, who are willing to stand there and trade. And either one of them could get knocked out. Um, there's a lot on the line for both men because nobody in this one wants to lose because if you do lose, you're sort of that certified gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. And, you know, nobody wants that. And potentially a big win will sort of put you there or thereabouts in the top five contenders and then sort of push on for to try and get a title shot. But I don't see any of these men getting a title shot in the near future. So it's just good. The, all the ingredients to be a great, great fight. And with Volkov, He's a striker at heart who's very, very comfortable standing. Uh, he's got a lot of knockout victories under his belt. He's got a significant reach. And again, those heavy hands have been deadly accurate whilst throwing. And he throws with purpose. He's very accurate in his timings. He's always, excuse me, he's always looking to stay busy in the octagon. He has a successful ground and pound if the fight, you know, does take place there. But with a guy like Walt Harris, I think the, predominantly the fight's going to be standing. And, you know, there's no secret when it comes to Walt Harris. I mean, he's just an athletic, explosive fighter who just relies on that sheer hard-hitting striking ability. All of his wins have come by a knockout or by a form of knockout. He's a nightmare standing up, and he does a lot of his work early on. And I think in the first round, Walt Harris has got to get the fight done then in those first five minutes because once it drags on, then his cardio is certainly going to come into question. And does he have the ability to last the full three rounds? I'm not too sure because he's just going to want to explode from the get-go, get the knockout finish, you know, potentially secure a 50K bonus because you've seen the story with Walt Harris and his daughter. I mean, I genuinely felt sorry for him when he lost to Overeem because I really wanted them to win. Um, I'd love for Walt to win this one, but I just I can't see it. I mean, the only way he's going to win is by a first-round knockout. And we have seen... Volkov get a little bit sloppy in the exchanges. You've seen him win the three rounds up until that knockout defeat to Derek Lewis. He is susceptible to that, you know, that hard shot that will eventually knock him down. But 
I think just because of that sheer reach advantage and just with the way he can throw that serious edge gives him the momentum going into this fight. And I'm going to go for a Volkov by decision. All right. What about you, Mason? What are you, where are you at? Um, I've gone kind of opposite to James. I, th- I think, well, as we all know, what happened with what Harris is tragic. And I agree with James. I, I really wanted him to win against Overeem, but fortunately that wasn't the case. And But in this fight, I, th- I think he's going to look what he did wrong in his last fight and come back stronger. And as we know, any heavy heavyweight can knock anyone out, vice versa. And I think Walt is going to do that. So for that reason, I'm going to go for a Walt Harris first round knockout. First round KO. Oh, like it. All right, let's take a look. This is... Um... Interesting one because Volkov opened up a healthy, healthy favor minus one ninety nine thereabouts, and it just kept getting better and better and better for him. At one point, he was minus one fifty three, and then <laughs> once he hit that, the money shifted. Man, it started hitting him hard, and he shifted right back down to like minus. Oh, where's he at now? Minus uh, one eighty one. So the early money definitely liked, uh, definitely liked Walt, and then the late money yeah. seems to like Volkov. So it's an interesting one here. I ran the numbers as best I can, which, you know, admittedly, I, I'm still a noob at this. Um, <laughs> it tells me Volkov's going to win, so I got I to gotta follow James on the decision here. I just don't regret it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Mason, my life is full of nothing but regrets, so. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the, the, decision, the decision here for Volkov is uh, plus 210. That's not bad. Walt Harris by a knockout, plus 225. Walt Harris in the first plus 450 so, yeah i mean just if, if if greed's gonna play a factor at all you gotta follow mason <laughs> next up what are we showing uh, i believe the next one is horse versus jacob malcoon yeah, yeah. horse is that what you got versus jacob malcoon yeah there he is okay got it yeah perfect uh going into this one i mean there's not a lot on malcoon's side i mean i was speaking to a couple of lads last night and it's crazy Malcoon is actually a trainer or trains with Robert Whitaker over in Australia. So maybe that's going to give him some sort of edge going into this fight with Philip Hawes because he's got that experience with an elite UFC fighter. I just don't know, man. I think with Philip Hawes, he's certainly relentless. He loves to get the job done really, really, really early in the early rounds because once once we see him get taken into those deep waters, into the latter rounds, that when, that's when we see the sort of gas tank come up clutch for his opponents because he just doesn't have the cardio to go for the full latter round and he's, he's certainly doing all of his work early and a lot of his wins have come via first round finishes, a couple of second round finishes in there as well. And with Horse, he's been knocking on the UFC door for a while. And unfortunately, he lost in the Contender Series in 2017 against Julian Marquez. That was his opportunity to burst on the scene. And he was winning that fight up until that, you know, that brutal head kick. And ever since then, he's been on a great form. Uh, he picked up three wins before getting another shot at the Contender Series and then just absolutely smoked him with the overwrite, uh, his opponent, to earn himself a contract going into the UFC. So I think based on the caliber opponents he's fought, I'm probably leaning towards Hawes in this one because Malcoon, even though he's 4-0, he just hasn't fought that level of competition. And from the looks of it, from what I've seen, you know, it's not Malcoon's fault because it looks like many people in the Australian promotions have been ducking him, probably because he trains with uh, Robert Whitaker or something. But with Hawes, you know, he's been, like I said, he's been knocking on the door for a while and he's been dubbed as this big prospect and this is his final, this is his debut for the UFC and this is his opportunity to show the world what he's capable of. And he's just very explosive with just that brute strength and I think he gets it done via first round finish. I think he gets it done via 
first round take. I'm going to go for a first round take here just because of that sheer power and the level of competition he's fought compared to Malcoon. All right, Mason. Again, again, I do, I do agree with what James says. Malcoon's not fought the level of opponents Hawes has, and again, that's not his fault. Is and many people have been ducking him, and I, th- I think the power that Hawes has and how he likes to get the job done early is going to play a good factor in this. He's got he's got good ground and pound um, and good stand up, and I'm going to go for a Hawes second round TKO. So TKO, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you guys are probably right. It looks to be pretty one sided. Uh, Haas did open up minus two seventy five. He's minus two sixty now, but uh, it's trending in the right direction. It's, it's it had the it's the opposite of the last fight. It was a high water mark at Haas got like two eighty four, and now he's getting a little bit better. So yeah, um, I, I gotta follow you guys if you feel that confidently. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. definitely follow you on the TKO side, which is paying Haas plus three thirty three. No, no, sorry, one ten. Philip Haas to win. Yeah, <laughs> minus 110. Minus 110, my bad. And in the first, we're catching plus 240. In the second, we're catching plus 450. So I like that. There's a lot of value in that fight for taking mm-hmm. such a he- for taking such a heavy favorite. It, we've got a, a nice, nice bit of value there. Totally. All right. What else are we looking at? Uh, the next fight, I believe, is Lauren Murphy versus Lilia Shakirova, who will be making a UFC debut. And it's a very tough test because originally Murphy was supposed to fight Cynthia Calvillo. And I think she pulled out due to testing positive for COVID, I think, or something on, along those odds. Maybe it was a tournament. I'm not sure. But you can relate. You can relate, James. <laughs> can I? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've done my time. I've served. Uh, you know, I'm not a convicted criminal. I've, I've just I've just served my time, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I can I can relate, unfortunately. But you know, we're getting we're getting better. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend this to my worst enemy, to say the least. Even you, Arch and Mason, I wouldn't recommend this <laughs> to you. I'm not saying you're my enemy, but just wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> just being yeah, stuck indoors. But yeah, um, with Shaka Rover. I mean, it's a tough test for a UFC debut with Murphy. He's just got that sheer experience fighting the elite level, fighting the elite opponents. She's impressed in her native uh, Uzbekistan promotions, uh, Shakarova, and she's got that background in freestyle wrestling, and she's very comfortable on the mat. And in, a, in the last couple of fights when she's defended those titles, she's seen some improvement in the striking department. She employs that good boxing kicks and spinning back this she likes to mix it up in terms of striking so that's improved uh she looked terrific in the last fight but there is some flaws in her game which murphy will look to exploit in her striking game shakarova does tend to get hit and murphy does certainly have a good a good enough boxing to take advantage of that and yeah well shakarova like i said displays some powerful takedowns and some strong ground and pound game like i said she's yet to face that pressure fighter with murphy's strength and durability and that sheer step up in class and opponent. It's going to be a tough one for Shakarova. Murphy's very well-rounded. She combines her good striking with those solid grappling, but I don't think she stands out in one area. She's just reasonably comfortable in either department. And this is a tough debut for Shakarova. So I'm going to go for a Lauren Murphy by decision on this one. I don't think we'll see a finish. Okay. What about you, Mason? Um, for what, well, again, I actually totally agree with James. I think Murphy's quite quite balanced fighter. She can do she can do bits on the floor and then on the feet. She she's more than capable. Um, I f- again, I think it's going to be a really tough debut for Shakarova. 
but I don't see how she can defeat Murphy yet. Maybe she could have a chance later on in her career, but yet I don't think so. So I'm going to go for a Murphy via decision. Oh, both of you, decision. All right. Uh, Lauren Murphy by decision. We're catching minus 125. She's uh, minus 211 right now overall. And uh, she opened at minus 222. So it's getting a little bit better for him. It's getting getting a lot worse for Lilia here. She's um, plus 178 now. And it's just, it plummeted. At one point, Lilia was a plus 192 underdog. And then it just fell apart. Like, just dropped tw- 20 cents really quickly. Mm. So some people are jumping on Lillian, Lilia. I don't know if that's just, you know, punching a lottery ticket or what. But, man, hard to argue. I'm going to bet her. I'm going to bet Lilia here just to win the fight plus 178. Because I can take that. I can get a piece of that. And I can get a piece of your decision and still come out, you know, okay. Only minus 125. I can dutch that. So bet both sides. That'd be my advice. (laughs) It's very brave of you to do that. I mean, it's going to be a tough one for Lilia to sort of control the fight. But if you want to go for the debutant on this one, we have seen some debutants step in on short notice and provide some, you know, sheer memorable knockout wins. So, you know, you never know. This game is very unpredictable. I can also argue that I'm not necessarily betting on Lilia. I'm betting on judges' judges stupidity. So (laughs) True. Unless it's that dominant that you just cannot give it to your opponent. (laughs) Even then, you're just unsure. It's very true. Mason knows how how judges can be. Yeah. Bruno Silva won. Yeah. Oh, God. We're we're still moaning about that. We're going to put that on his tombstone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You put in uh, Bruno Silva in his will or something (laughs) just to compensate that loss. (laughs) What else you got, James? What's next up? Oh, my God. I think this is the fight to open the main card. I am so looking forward to this one. Now, this this is probably one of the most cursed fights out there behind uh, Tony Ferguson and Khabib Magomedov. So, touch wood. um, You know, I'm touching wood right now that that this fight does go ahead. I know we're two days away, but anything can happen. A light heavyweight bout between Magomed Ankalaev and Ion Kutulaba. Oh, my God. I'm just all over this fight big time. I mean, you you saw how the first fight ended. I'd, I'd love to get your two cents on how the fight ended because you saw uh, Kutalaba get, well, uh, allegedly appeared to get rocked and was doing that playing possum type thing just to sort of mock uh, Ankalaev. And then uh, eventually the refs decided to stop it because he genuinely believed he was hurt with Kutalaba just out sheer, with sheer outrage. And I, I, I'd, lo- I'd piss myself if they had the same ref for that fight because I genuinely think Kutalaba would get disqualified for killing the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with Kutalaba, I mean, he's a wild, wild man. He's got a heavy wrestling background and he's ferocious on the mat. He's just all about smashing his opponents. I mean, they got nickname him the Hulk, so he does live up to that nickname and he tends to throw some big punches and heavy elbows and, you know, wherever the fight goes, he's comfortable. However, you know, whatever Kutalaba can do, Ankalaev can do better. I mean, I know he hasn't fought the high-level competition. I mean, he's ranked number 11 in that heavyweight division, but if you look at it on paper, Kutalaba's fought some serious, tough competition. I'm most looking at uh, Glover Tickshare recently, but and Khalil Roundtree, and he's fought some tough opponents and tough guys, but Ankalaev, again, I think he's fighting out of uh, Dagestan or in, in the bats, that sort of area, and as of right now, you just cannot back against the Dagestanis. You've always got to favour them. And I'm going, I'm probably leaning towards Ankalaev in this one. Like I said, whatever Kutalaba can do, Ankalaev can do better. He's a dominant wrestler with a crushing ground strikes and he's proven himself as a more solid striker in recent times. And, uh, you know, he'll tend to throw those head kicks now and then just to catch his opponent off guard. And I think with Kutalaba, I think 
the, the more the fight goes on, he's got to tire Ankalaev down a bit and wear him down, potentially outpoint him. But I think uh, Ankalaev, he's just a quicker kickboxer, the better wrestler. And wherever the fight goes, I think Ankalaev will be a lot more adapted to Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today getting the job done and, you know, climatizing to his opponent and getting the read of him well. And I'm going to go for, I, I know it ended in the first round the last time, but I'm going to go for an Ankalaev uh, second round TK or knockout. Okay. On this one. Yeah. Mason, are you still jumping on with James here? Uh, again, I, I do agree with what James is saying, but also we can't count Kutalaber out. I think he could knock Ankalaev out, but I don't see it being likely. I've seen on, Ankleev's record, he's got a number of TKO wins, so he's got really good stand-up, and I'm going for a Magomed Ankleev first-round TKO. Oh, wow. Both of you TKO. All right. Yeah, he's a, Magomed is a massive favorite. Uh, minus 309. He opened a minus 274. So, jeez, like, it just keeps getting worse and worse. For him. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. So, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue at all with what you're seeing. I agree that it looks like Magomed is the, the fighter to back. Let's see if we can find some value here. Uh, Magomed to win by TKO, minus 138. So not too bad, but a little, little chalky there. Uh, in the first, we're catching plus 240. In the second, we're catching plus 400. So, yeah, hopefully you guys can... If nailed the right round, send one of you, and then we can cash in. I'll follow you. I'm going to follow you both. I'm going to throw a little money on both of those outcomes. Good stuff. Yeah, it looks it looks to be pretty one sided. So Ion's going to win when like a first round knockout. <laughs> yeah, it's scripted now. We've all jinxed it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else we got? Uh, this is our featured bout on the prelims between Stefan Struve and Bam Bam Taito Vasa. I mean, my God. This is going to be explosive. Uh, again, you know what to expect from both fighters. But Stefan Struve, I mean, he's probably, I think he's like the tallest UFC fighter out there. And I mean, it's crazy just his sheer height and reach advantage over his opponents. But he likes to, he's got a couple of, he's got a lot of knockout wins under his belt, but he predominantly does have a lot of submission wins under his belt as well. I think, um, again, a lot of them have come by, I think 18 have come by a submission out of his 29 professional wins. So it's crazy. Uh, he snapped up a three-fight losing strike, uh, streak before beating Marcus Rogerio de Lima back in February in 2019 and thought, you know what, I'm going to end it on a high. I'm going to finish my UFC career then. 
And then he just had the itch to come back in late December. And he thought Ben uh, Rothwell just used those heavy hands to uh, edge the victory. And again, I don't, I think we should, I think Stefan should have definitely stayed retired because I don't know why he'd, he'd come back. And it, there's a high level of competition in the heavyweight division right now. And tied to us. So, I mean, he's sort of an, like an accolade of uh, Mark Hunt. You see some of his walk-off TKOs and knockout victories. And it's a shame with Tai Tuivasa. He was dubbed this next big thing. I certainly jumped on the bandwagon early and then he started his off, uh, UFC promotional run 3-0. He looked very impressive and since then picked up three consecutive uh, defeats. And his last fight was a submission defeat to Sergei Spivak by a, uh, Spivak by a triangle by a triangle arm. Well, I'm trying to go. And that was more than a year ago. I think he got released and they signed the battle, something along those lines. So, you, again, it's a clash up in styles because once you see Tai Tuvasa taken down to the mat, he's very susceptible to tapping out. And you just know as soon as the fight takes place on the floor, Tai's going to struggle. But he tends to do a lot of his damage standing on the feet training blades, like most heavyweights. I mean, they're just knockout artists. Even though the you know the ten inches of height and the nine nine and a half inch reach uh, disadvantage over the the skyscraper and Stefan Struve, it's not going to sort of affect tie two of us or anywhere. I mean, if Struve gets the fight to the floor, then they'll have you know little difficulty in tapping out uh, Bam Bam two of us. But if the fight stands and stays standing, I see tie two of us just knocking him out because he is again. Stefan Struve is susceptible to that heavy hand, and once that heavy hand connects. It's, it's good night for Stefan Shreve, and I think he will connect very early on. So I'm going to lean towards Tadu Vas on this one. I'm going to go for a first round. I'm going to go for a first round knockout. Mm. Screw it. All right, Mason. Well, I'll say I don't agree with James on this one. Um, I, do, I do agree that Tadu Vasa could knock him out early. Of course, it's a possibility with any heavyweight. Um, Stefan Shreve has the ability to knock him out also, but I think the su- submission game of Struve is going to be a really big factor, and I think. I think it's going to go late on, and I think Struve's going to get the third round submission. Struve's Struve by decision. Okay. Submission. Submission. It's okay. Gotcha. Man, I this is a tough one. Uh, tie two of us opened up plus 109, minus 107 now. Struve opened up minus 125, minus 107 now, or maybe minus 110 at your books. So they're, they're splitting this right down the middle. Um, I gotta. I, I don't know. I hate watching Struve fight. I mean, he's a human punching bag, right? He's just <laughs> Jesus. He yeah. just eats everything. I I worry about that first round KO here, James. I I've just seen yeah. people just looks like they absolutely destroy Struve. Just I mean, he just doesn't fall down very easy. I'm gonna go with Tai Tuvasa too. I don't know about the first round KO, but I'm yeah. I'm gonna bet him. I'm gonna bet him to win the fight. It's only minus one oh seven. Uh, your first round KO from Tuvasa pays plus 150. If Tuvasa ends it in the first, plus 375. Uh, Stefan Struve by uh, submission is plus 187. There we go. I'm sorry, Mason, what round did you say? Third? Yeah. Third round. Okay. And the third for Struve, Jesus, is plus 1400. <laughs> Go for Struve. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe greed wins out. Maybe I won't bet tie to Avasa. <laughs> oh man, that'll be a waste of money. <laughs> don't be, don't be swayed by those odds. Yeah. Well, next week we're going to be hearing Stefan Struve won the fight. Stefan Struve won the fight. <laughs> yeah, Stefan Struve won the fight, even though he got knocked out in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. 
All right. What's next up on the card? Uh, this is certainly one of the ones to look out for. I'm very much looking forward to this fight. You've got a, a clash up in two hot prospects in the bantamweight division between Nathaniel Wood and Casey Kenny. Hmm. Now, have, have you got that? Because the cards has moved this week uh, up and down. Have it's, you got Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny? The Las, next? Yeah. Well, the Las Vegas books are all over the place. We'll just do that hmm. one next. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the prospect would, as they call him, the prospect, he's lived up to that name so far and he's got that 4-1 and one record in the promotion, three stoppage victories and that defeated John Dodson. He came back, I think, in July to get that decision victory over John uh, Castaneda. He really needed that for his confidence because John Dodson was seen as that gatekeeper in the bantamweight division. To lose to him was certainly going to be disappointing on his uh, CV going into you know the latter rounds trying to compete for the top prospects and compete for those top rankings at bantamweight. But this is an interesting task ahead of him against a guy like Casey Kenny who can just do it all. Uh, with Nathaniel Woods, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. You, predominantly in, the, in his cage warrior days, he'd had a lot of uh, TKO victories under his belt. But in the UFC, you've predominantly seen him t- tend to lean towards the wrestling department. And I saw an interesting quote from Nathaniel uh, this week where he said, Two two minutes into the fight, you can just see Casey T- Kenny's going to get tired already and then shoot for the takedown. And it's going to be an interesting scramble on the floor of who's like wrestling comes out on top. But in the striking exchanges, I don't know. I think Casey has got a good striking background. He himself is a wrestling expert and he showed some, like I said, some excellent striking in his recent efforts. And you look at his last fight with uh, Casey Kenny, uh, Tang Haile, he's very great in his striking approach. Woods, with Woods, I don't know. I think once he gets taken down to the ground, I know he's very comfortable there, but I, I just don't know. I think I'm leaning towards Casey in terms of the wrestling exchanges, but if he can hold his own on the feet, then maybe we can sort of see Wood get the victory in this one. But Casey Kenny can do it all, and he's certainly one to watch, as is Nathaniel Wood, but Casey is just a top level right now. And that immediate turnaround, which which, which was weird in a way, because he went from Abu Dhabi, and then he went back to the USA, and then he came back a week later this week to Abu Dhabi. And that's certainly not going to bode well just for his fitness issues, and he's probably still going to carry that literal, uh, that extra water weight lingering in his system. And it's not going to bode well with... Uh, Casey Kenny, with whereas with Nathaniel Wood, he hasn't got as far to travel. I know he's still in the UK, but it's not as far as Casey Kenny. Um, this is going to be one of the fights to watch in the prelims, and I'm going to go for Nathaniel Wood. Uh, yeah, Nathaniel Wood by decision. Hmm. Got back the boy. Yeah, there you go. Mason, hometown guy. To be fair, James has just covered everything I was going to say. And oh. again, I, I'm going for a Wood decision. Got a back the boy. Yeah, no, I messaged you guys uh, the other day saying, I, this is the underdog. I'm circling this one. I think Nathaniel Wood is the underdog to watch in probably the whole card. This is the most likely one, I think. So, yeah, I got to follow you. Nathaniel Wood, you can grab the plus 155 for him to win the fight, which is what he is now, down from 178. So he's gotten 23 cents worse. Casey Kennedy opened up minus 211. And he's minus 181 now. So it looks like the Sharps. The sharp money probably backing Nathaniel Wood. Uh, so for Nathaniel Wood to win by decision is going to pay us plus three thirty three. So that's not, not not a bad chunk of change. It's a good way to you know start the day. Early, early fights will be up. Hmm. Yeah, but you know, some cash oil in your pocket. Looking forward to the rest of the night. Right, right. Then we can watch it all just disappear as Gaethy wins. So, <laughs> oh god, don't do it. I mean, I've seen people pick him up now on Twitter recently how Gagey can do it and 
I'm not letting my opinion be swayed. I'm not getting curiosity. It's not getting the better of me on this one, you know, leaning towards Gaethje. But I've seen people heavily big up Justin for this fight. And mm. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You never know. No, it's a very unpredictable game. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to stick with Makunso. Ah, there you go. What's next up on the card? <laughs> uh, Alex Oliveira versus Shavkat Rachmanov. That's what I've got next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with this one, I mean, Cowboy, I believe Alex Oliveira stepping in on short notice to fight uh, Shavkat. And originally it was supposed to be Lazu de Santos and he's fighting on two weeks notice. So, I mean, that's a little bit more time compared to the previous fighter stepping in on short notice. But again, You've seen me come on here and blabber about Spider stepping on a short notice, how it's just going to be tough to come in and get the victory in this one. So I'm probably um, maintaining my my uh, rule on that one, but uh, ba- not backing the fighter stepping on a short notice. You look at Kazakhstan, Shavkat, Rachmanov, I mean, my God, he's 12 now, he's undefeated. He is a finisher. 11 out of his 12 finishes have come inside the first two rounds. He's only been passed to uh, second round once in his career, which is crazy. He's won titles across various promotions in Kazakhstan and across Europe. And this this man's a finisher. He's improved his striking a lot recently, whereas with Alex, Alex Oliveira, he's pretty much a hard hitter himself. He's very relentless in, in his approach and he loves to get it forward. But um, with this one, I mean, you know what to expect from Oliveira. I mean, he, lo- he comes to fight. And if he is to get the job done, Oliveira, on this night, I think he's got to... I think he's got to get it done early because if he survives the early shots, uh, Rachmanov, then we'll see a sort of striking department come up clutch towards the latter rounds. And this is going to be a tough test for Rachmanov. You know, fight a guy like Oliveira loves to fight, but like I said, Rachmanov has sort of improved his striking recently. And I think he has the ability to certainly decimate Oliveira if Oliveira doesn't find the early finish. So if Rachmanov uh, survives the early storm, I think he'll pound out the Brazilian and Alex Oliveira for a third round TKO. Mason, what about you? Um, I don't agree with what James said there. I think um, Alex is going to get it to towards the end of the fight. The stand-up on Alex's side is good and he's got a really good ground game. Submission wins, TKO wins, he's got them all. Um, so I'm going to go for it. Alex third round submission mm. so you guys are on opposite sides mm-hmm. Ooh, scary uh <laughs> rachmanov to win by uh early stoppage is plus 260 alex Oliveira to win by early stoppage is plus 300 Ooh, you can bet both sides of your fights here no problem 300 and 260 it's an even fight at las vegas it's minus 110 or you know minus 107 both sides um, Alex Oliveira opened up as a pretty healthy favorite, and now he's thirty cents, you know, thirty cents better, you know, the worse, whatever. So it looks like people are backing your boy there, James. If mm-hmm. I had to guess, it looks like he's. I mean, he's gotten twenty six cents worse. So hmm, this is a good fight. You can bet both sides. Like I said, I don't really know. This is so close in my mind. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna follow both of you, Dutch this bet, and just you know, I'll win no matter what, as long as it's a you know one of them ends early. No chance it goes decision, right? <laughs> no chance. They're two f- complete clinical sh- uh, finishes, and I don't see this one going to the judges. Boy, let's hope you're right. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> next up, what are we looking at? Uh, next up, we've got Dart and Young versus Sam Alvey. And, oh, God. I mean, I genuinely feel sorry for Sam Alvey every time he fights because this, this man is on a horrendous run of form right now, and they call him 
you know, Sam, Smiley and Alvi, I mean, it's just a shame the amount of beating he's been taking recently. He's on a four-fight losing streak and with Dan Young, I mean, he's got the he's got the height advantage and he's got a you know, a big reach advantage over Sam Alvey. With Dan Young, he likes to mix it up in his approach. He's capable on the floor. He loves to pick his opponents apart early on in terms of the striking range and the striking department. He has a lot of knockouts under his belt. And albeit, I think, obviously, Sam does have the experience and that's probably going to help him going into this fight. But with Dan Young, I mean, I genuinely see him getting the job done in this one just because he's on a great run of form right now. And with Sam Alvey, once you connect against a guy, Sam Alvey. Once you get those shots away early on, Sam Alvey will fall because, you know, his chin has been tested recently. And as soon as you test it, his chin has just been looking a bit shaky and dodgy and you will get eventually the finish. And I genuinely see that playing up, uh, playing up clutch in this one. I think Young's the naturally larger man, as I said, and he'll have a, enough of the length to stay clear of Alvey's haymakers if he doesn't land them early on. I think it'll be a tough one. Uh, tough night at the office for Sam Alvey because, like I said, his chin's very dodgy, and we haven't seen that sort of knockout power of Sam Alvey since. Say, I want to say since 2016. We just haven't seen him with those those power shots land on his opponents. And like I said, he's not in the best of form right now because originally he was dubbed as this notorious power puncher, but we haven't seen it recently. And I think with Dan Young, wherever the fight goes, he's comfortable in that department. I genuinely believe he'll have the game plan to to finish Sam Alvey, and I'm going to go for a Dan Young via first round TKO. Okay. Mason, are you on the same side? I I am, to be honest. Um, I don't see how Sam Alvey's going to get the job done. And the amount of stoppage victories that Onyung's got on his record, the power he's got inside, I don't see how Sam Alvey's going to be able to cope. So again, I'm going to fully agree with James and go with, for a, that Onyung first round TKO. Mm, okay. Dai Young is, uh, he'll put up minus 415, minus 353 now. Sam Alvey opened up plus 320, plus 280 now. I wouldn't worry about the shift too much. I, mean, I think people are just taking Sam Alvey because there's just so much value there. If he hits, it's it's going to pay out pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But it looks like Da Young is the just, fuck, he's going to kill him. <laughs> just look at these numbers. It looks pretty one-sided. Uh, Young wins in first or for, uh, by TKO is minus 138. So a little chalky there. If he wins in the first round, plus 220. So there's the value right there. Got to jump on that first round early stoppage and hopefully ca- cash a nice nice little payout. I got, I'm following you guys, by the way. This is... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I was going to yeah, say, yeah. 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 yeah, got to, got to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is We've that? only got two fights left, I think. Yeah, the next one we've got is uh, Liana Jojua mm-hmm. versus Miranda Maverick. Um, I don't think, from certainly from my sort of standpoint, I don't think this is the most favourable of matchups for Jojua, to say the least. Maverick <laughs> is by far the superior striker. She's a stronger wrestler. She's got a couple of submissions under a, under a belt. I think the path to victory for Jojua in this one is she can sort of sneak in a submission because she's got a lot of submission wins under a belt. I did say Maverick's the better wrestler and on the floor. She's very complete. So is Jojua in a way. She's got a very good ground game. But uh, I think in that department, Maverick just edges it. And, you know, even in the standing department, we may see in the exchanges early on, Maverick get the better of Jojua in this one. Uh, I, I genuinely don't know. I think even if Maverick does sort of oblige her ground game, I think she should be all right. You know, she should be comfortable wherever the fight goes in terms of her defence. And even in her offence going forward, striking, ground game, 
wherever the fight goes, she should be comfortable in her game plan with Jojua. But again, we, like I said, Jojua's got a couple of nice submission victories under her belt. And if she's not, if Maverick is a bit cautious and on the ground, then we may see Jojua pick her apart and, you know, take the opportunity if it's there for her. But uh, I don't, I don't see uh, Jojua getting this one done. I think Maverick will get the better of Jojua in the early rounds. But again, she, she can get the submission win, but I, I genuinely don't see it because Maverick literally just dominates wherever the fight goes. And I think we'll see a late, a late stoppage in this one. I think this does go to the third round, but we won't see the judges, fortunately, on this one. So I'm going to go for a Maverick via third round submission. What about you, Mason? Um, I've gone kind of an opposite approach to James. I think Jojua is going to... Well, she's got a very good ground game. She's got... Num- a number of submission wins under her belt. And I think if it goes to the floor, I think Joju is going to be able to sneak in a submission. And I'm going to go for a Joju with first round submission. Wow. That's wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, See, uh, I'm, I'm, you just knocked me off every, my train of thought here. That's, that's a huge upset. That might be the biggest upset you've ever picked. It might be the biggest upset anyone's ever picked. <laughs> um, Maverick opened up minus 302 and as soon as they put the line everybody jumped on it she's minus 439 now so it's got 137 cents worse Joju wow. opened up plus 245 plus 335 now so she's got 90 cents better man uh, James your third round submission is uh, the submissions paying plus 187 no minus 110 excuse me Jesus in the third you're catching a little bit of value plus 800 James you are catching plus 800 on the submission and on the first you're catching plus 1100 Mason oh that's huge I mean yeah if you pay if that hits that'll cover weeks of uh you know, weeks of bad bets, Mason. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I'm just, you, you really knocked me for a loop. That's, that's a hell of a prediction, man. Uh, I, I've just got, I've got the faith. I think James just fainted. I haven't heard anything from him. Yeah, I've collapsed. Honestly, I'm literally just, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by that right now. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around as to whether or not you've actually said that. I, I'm stunned. You know, you know, I like an underdog arch. Yeah, and you pick the yeah, underest of the underdogs. <laughs> I gotta follow. Ja- I gotta follow Jason or James here. Jason, Jason, Jesus, uh, that's your new name, you two. Uh, fuck <laughs> me, but yeah, no, that's wow. That's that's impressive. But I gotta follow James here. I gotta stick to my. I gotta stick to the, the plausible factor. But man, if, if you if you hit that, Mason, we'll be eating crow for forever on that one. You'll be dining out on that one for a while. I'll go into hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You'll never hit me again. Yeah. It's the last fight of the card, right? Well, the, the, the first fight in the card. Well, but, yeah, but last yeah, fight for us. Yeah, the last fight for us. <laughs> uh, we've got Paul Alvarez versus Alexander Yakolev. And Yakolev is formerly a welterweight. He's, already, he's, def- well, I say he's defeated. He's come up against the likes of Kamaru Usman and Damian Maia. He hasn't beaten them. Sorry. It's just a mistake on my part. He's fought the likes of Kamaru Usman and Damian Maia. Well, sweet. He's dropping down to uh, lightweight. It's going to be an interesting one because these two lads are big for lightweights. I mean, Joel Alvarez is 6'3", and so is Yakolev. And, you know, they're, they're huge for the lightweight division. Um, with Joel Alvarez, you, you just know what to expect from him. I think 15 of his 17 wins have come by submission. He's very, very complete on the ground. And 
if Alexander Yakolev sort of gives uh, Joel Alvarez an opportunity to get the fight to the floor very early on, then it's going to be a tough night at the office for Alexander. I just genuinely do not see how he's going to cope against a guy like uh, Joel Alvarez on the floor. But Yakolev does have the experience. He's 25 and 10. He's been in the game for a while. He's insanely durable. He's, he's a decent wrestler himself, can mix in you know, the striking as well. But I genuinely don't think, I, d- I don't have the faith in him to sort of get the upset in this one. I think Alvarez is certainly successful on the mat. His defensive wrestling is questionable. But again, once he's got a hold of you, it's just it's not, it's lights out and he will eventually check you out. So he's accomplished on the mat. I'm going to go for an Alvarez via first round submission. I think he catches Yakolev done earlier, uh, very early on. All right. What about you, Mason? Um, I, I'll say I he's do gone. Not... He's gone for a Yakolev via third round knockout. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think the stand up game of Yakolev's at, at an okay level. As as James said, he's fought the likes of. Um, Kamara Usman and Damian Meyer, unfortunately, didn't get the win on them occasions. But he's got multiple submission wins as well. But I've I've, I've got a feeling he's going to grind it out. I'm going for a Yakolev decision. Close. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yakolev by decision is going to get you plus 375. Mm. That's a nice little payout too. Uh, James, you said first round submission, right? I did. Okay, uh, that's going to get you plus 120. If it occurs in the first, you're getting plus 333. So 125 plus 3. No, not bad at all. Uh, James, I think you're on the right side of this one, too. I'm going to have to follow you here. Although, you know, Jesus, with these lines you guys are getting, you could bet all three. You can bet every single one of them and still turn a profit. You know, not a yeah. big profit. Not as much as if you, just, if you just followed James or just followed Mason. You'll have to decide out there which one you think is, uh, you know, better. Joshua. That's the one that's going to earn you the money. There's no doubt. If that hits, Jesus, that'll make a lot of money. I I know you're in some sort of rough, you're in a rough patch right now, Mason, with uh, regards to Manchester and the whole sort of uncertainty as to whether or not you're going to another lockdown. That doesn't give you the right to constantly binge drink and smoke wherever you're smoking. I mean, that prediction is just ludicrous. I mean, I love whatever you're smoking, mate, because that is just ridiculous. I mean, if, if, if if the judges don't need to get involved then I should be fine because again now I stand by it Bruno Silva won that fight (laughs) oh man good stuff as always guys so and you're still doing the podcast right you're still soldiering on uh we recorded an episode uh yesterday we got another episode going live tomorrow on our youtube channel uh so yeah it should be a good one we're still we're trying to be consistent in our uploads now. We're trying nice. to do, we're trying to hit once a week, maybe twice a week if we're lucky. And from time to time, we'll go live on Facebook just to form a discussion really with everyone. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And it's called the Sports Sesh Podcast. Yeah, you're just nailing the name every week now, mate. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Although, you know, I will say, Mason had told me pre-show, he's a little worried about the uh, this live show coming up. He doesn't, he's not sure the producer is up for the task. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he bottles it on the big occasion, you know. Yeah. When you got a guy like David on, David Amoyo on, I mean, you've got to have both men in full force, trying to commit to the cause. And I'm happy to fulfil his boots. I mean, they're not very difficult to fulfil. I think I can surpass his show on my own. So, you know, Mason, wherever you are, I, I wish you all the best. But uh, I'm coming for that host title ship. <laughs> I don't want to be hearing none of that on the show, James. <laughs> hearing what? I don't want to. I don't want to hear. I'm your host, James Evans. What? What? How else am I supposed to introduce it? I mean, I've got a. Let me. Let me have the high ground for one episode, please. I need it. <laughs> I mean, 
you, you can't steal all my funds. <laughs> Sports sesh podcast. You get this shit all the time with these two. This is how they. <laughs> this is how they are all the time. So <laughs> there it is. Uh, it's, it's on Facebook. The links will be in the description. James UFC Deluxe on Twitter, correct? Perfecto Mondo. There you go. Mason on Twitter. Your MMA Mason or Mason MMA? What is? MMA Mason. MMA, MMA Mason. There you go. <laughs> One of the long- tongue twisted, that yeah, one. Yeah, wow, wow. It really fucked me up. I'm still shocked. I'm still... Yeah, said, you're still unconscious. Mate, you need some water. Get yourself a drink. I say water. Get yourself a nice alcoholic beverage or something, even though it's what, like 11 in the morning for yeah, you guys? Yeah, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning here, so <laughs> I have to break out the scotch. Yeah, yeah. Sit some scotch in your cereal or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's going right. to be a rough day. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see, man. Uh, Mason, I, good, yeah. l- good luck. Thank you. Yeah, J- James, good luck to you as well. It'll be so much fun. That's it, guys. Why don't you get the hell out of here? Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.